Welcome, reanimated fans. Uh, I am H.A. Conrad here with my intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin. Hello, Stuart. Hey, good morning, or hello, depending on what time you're listening to this. Yeah, good morning. Um, so, you know, this is we're after after this episode, we're going to be traveling for the holidays. So a couple of weeks out, out of the out of the game, but we'll be back eventually. But ahead of that, we're going to do a couple more episodes of uh, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, um, and then chat about a couple of news items that we found, one which I predicted. Um, so I admit I am being a little bit smirky about it. Yeah, um, honestly, I do take umbrage with the tone of your text message. When I, I text you and say WTF, and you're like, called it. I'm like, we both have called this in the past. You're taking all the credit for something that we have on this I, podcast, you can on the record. You on can the record, co, we have both You can co-call it. You can okay. co-call it. That's fine. I think that's <laughs> fine. I was more active. I was more taking, uh, this is the problem with text. No tone, right? No tone. Um, I was more, in, in my response to that, it was more sort of the way that the article was like, oh, that this is such a huge shock and that they didn't, set well, it up in it this. wasn't even a, it was like a clip from uh talking dead i mean also there's an article here but yeah uh when i texted you initially when i first saw this news and my think my my caption was what the actual f <laughs> uh, which does make it sound like i was more taken aback if anything i would i, I would uh i would classify my reaction to the news that maddie clark is coming back to the fear of the walking dead as I can't believe they actually did this. I think that's I mean, my reaction. I okay. I don't. I can totally believe that they did. I guess. It's it's yeah. And, and as I, we also as I also said in that text chain, it's just desperate. It just smacks of desperation. And I feel like this was my projection, my prediction that if they did bring her back, it's just to try and undo some of the damage they did to this show. After well, season. I actually was thinking that is like, you know, I don't I think even this sort of Hail Mary, so to speak, isn't necessarily going to. I don't know how they can fix it. Um, however, if indeed this was not planned out, it sounded like, you know, it sounded like Kim Dickinson had been surprised that she had been written off the show when it actually happened. Yeah, there were. And and remember, and there were a an lot of by, uh, yeah. with Dave Erickson, an interview with Dave Erickson, the former showrunner, who was like, I think this is a terrible mistake. I feel like we read something yeah. along those lines. And Kim Dickens had expressed some some feelings like, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to leave the show. It like yeah. there was it was clear that she had not she didn't leave for like for another project like Cliff, right. Cliff Curtis or uh, the guy who played Nick. Yeah. It's all it's all good. I'm I I will watch with popcorn. Of course, at this Hail Mary. Um, it was but... also interesting on the clip from uh, Talking Dead where she's like, yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, Shambliss and Goldberg called her up and took her temperature. And she says that on Talking Dead. And to me, that is like the most um, polite diplomatic way of saying are you, would you even consider coming consider back to the it? show? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and honestly, if she had other things going on, I think she could easily and happily told them no. Um, I haven't but seen I do, her in anything recently. She hasn't been in anything, but, you know, there's also COVID, so it's all that stuff too. Um, but I don't know. I think hopefully she drove a hard bargain and made them pay her a lot of money oh, to bring yeah. her back. 
Hell yeah. I hope she took full advantage of her leverage in this particular situation. So, um, but anyway, I really like her as an actor. I do think that they wasted her character a lot. So maybe they can make up for some of that in this new, in this new season, um, in her reappearance. Um, I hope it's not just a, we're bringing her back and then we're going to kill her off again. Quickly. In theory, she's going to be a series regular. I think she's going to okay. get that level of, of cast. It didn't but. seem that it was totally firmed up yet, or at least they weren't saying it yet. So that's what gave me pause. But anyway, uh, we'll see. And and I'm I'm on board. So let's see what happens with this, this one. Um, and then uh, actually, Bill, my husband, found this uh, podcast with Alan Alda. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that Alan Alda has a podcast and he interviews different people. And so this is from, I think, three or four days ago. And his uh, guest was Max Brooks, who was talking about how, you know, zombies could save us all. And um, I haven't yet listened to it. Uh, so it's in my queue. But um, I think that they're talking, obviously, about current events and things like that. And, uh, you know, Max's focus on zombies. Um, so I'm it. I know, like at first when I sent this to you, Stuart, you thought it was like competition with our podcast, which would be hilarious if this is the road that Ellen Alda decided to go on. But uh, but it's not, sadly. I mean, that would be really amazing if Ellen Alda started his own zombie podcast. I would I would be a, his first subscriber. Absolutely. I would be I would be a big fan. Um, but anyway, but it's just this episode. So check it well, out. And we yeah, will too. And we'll maybe talk that. about and maybe we'll talk about it uh the next time but um and i think was that it for news for this week well, i just wanted this isn't news news but it i mean it is we just haven't, ta- haven't talked about it yet and it, it probably was news months ago so there's a um there's a video game franchise on playstation one of the reasons why i was like i'm behind the curve the ball on this one is uh it's it's a playstation exclusive video game franchise called the last of us it has um it is being made into a prestige television series on uh, it's going to come out on H- HBO Max. Uh, it's going to be starring Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey, I believe, is the female lead. And she you would recognize from Game of Thrones. She played that little badass uh, Mormont. Um, yeah. And Pedro Pascal is obviously and Pedro Pascal too. needs no introduction on this podcast. We no, are. no, no. But also in Game of Thrones. So it was kind of. Oh, that's fun. true. You know, I yeah. wonder if that's how they made the connection, but um, uh, uh yeah, maybe, maybe, but um, so they're gonna be, and, and this is a zombie show or it was a zombie game. I've never played it, so I don't know what their canon is like. I, I heard from a friend that it's not quite the same as maybe standard zombie canon, but I think we, we should keep an eye on this. The show's gonna pr- uh, premiere, is expected to premiere next year uh, or you know, in 2022, probably in the late uh, second half of the year. And um, I think we should be watching this development with great interest. Yeah, so, I'm excited. You know, I anything he's in, I will watch. So, you know, yeah. Um, so this we'll, is being also hailed as like the biggest production ever filmed in Alberta, Canada. Well, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> well, I guess is this the only product? No, I'm teasing. Um, 
it's pretty hard to film up there anyway. So uh, I think isn't Black Summer all filmed up there? So yeah, it is. It is. I'm just being silly. It's becoming like our uh, our, 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 our Bollywood. Yeah, it's like the place for our stuff. Our zombie wood. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, Last of Us. Let's keep an eye on it. I'm looking forward to the hearing yeah, more yeah, about it. That'll be awesome. Um, and uh, we do, you know, so we're gonna talk about the two episodes today. Um, which uh, quattro voix? Sorry. So um, I looked up the the uh, and the etymology of this word, and it's just bastardization of French. It's quatre yeah. quatre voix, which means four ways, uh, yeah. and it's basically what it means is uh, what is it like a significant intersection in your life, like an inflection point. Yep. And then uh, who are you? Much like CSI, the who, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're gonna talk about these two, and then. Um, once we get back from the holidays, we'll talk about the rest of this season and then jump into something else. Um, but, um, you know, I, at, at the outset, there's some things that I think I like and some things that still just feel very, like to me overall, I I still think that the pacing of the show is just like, to me, it feels like each of these episodes lasts so long. Like, I don't normally check what to see how much time is left on an episode. And for both of these, I was doing that. Um, the second yeah, one, as not much as, as the much, first? not as much with the second one, the first yeah. one more so, but it I thought still the second has one that. was more exciting because it got into like the cloak and dagger stuff. The, the like yeah, Pardon me. a little more. And we also have a big appearance of somebody in the second one. Actually, um, she appears in the first one. It's just a post credit scene. Yeah, she was in the. But I mean, in but the, yeah, way, way bigger uh, dial, yeah, pieces yeah. And, of, of dialogue. And she's got a bigger piece of the story in this one. So, um, yeah. you know, um, so in any case, um, let's kick it off. Let's talk about Quatrevois. Quatrevois. This this there's an absurd uh, beginning to this episode. In fact, I watched I started to watch it and then I had to stop because I was laughing and I had to walk away from the show. And I only got like, I don't know, two minutes into it. Uh, and the, the scene I'm talking about is the one where Iris is. Well, it's not that close to the beginning, yeah, but sh- uh, it's after they've met up with Silas, um, which is kind of oh, close to the beginning. It is funny, though. Um, and it, I, I thought that was OK, like the. <laughs> Will and Felix staying behind to do some like twirly zombie kills felt a little bit extraneous, but yep. the, and the reunion uh, is heartwarming between Silas and Elton. Yeah. Uh, I just want the show to be only about Elton, though, is kind of where I'm like, uh, yeah, I think he's honestly one of the best actors and I like his story better. And I kind of wish he would just strike out on his own. I feel like there's a scene of him walking next to Iris and he's like a good foot taller than her now. Yeah, and I'm wonder- I know. And like, this is the problem with the child actors. This kid went from, I'm pretty sure, shorter than oh, everybody no. else. He, he definitely went through a gross spurt so much so that like, it's doubtful whether his Teddy Ruxpin little corduroy coat would see- still be fitting him. I mean, um, clearly yeah, they've had to refit that outfit to him because yeah. he's way too big now. And the whole point was that it was supposed to be for kids. So anyway, well, he but, is still a child, but he's in that phase of life where you can grow a foot between. between yeah, between years. seasons. Right. So he's, yeah. he's doing that. But you know what? He's still got the same sort of like uh, vulnerability to his acting uh, that he still comes across as like, you know, vulnerable Elton. And he's yeah, I agree. He is like. 
he's everything about this show. He's he's the best thing on on screen. Um, but it's the scene where that I had to stop watching for a little while was where Iris is trying to persuade Silas uh that the cr is yeah. bad and she's it's like pretty rough and and it's like all honestly every time they do this with anybody they have absolutely no evidence and she says that. any of this she's like and, oh I, ha- I can't prove it but i know it and i it, and, she, and she says something like and it, i can't be wrong not this time and i don't even know what she's talking about but it's just like the worst way to persuade somebody that you're right Right. Let's just um, be like, look, I know I've been wrong in the past, but this time, this time I'm right. Oh, and you know what? The last time I saw you, Silas, you were on trial for murder and I was not in your corner. Well, that's my point. Like, I think it would have taken a little bit more than this, no matter how big of a crush he has on her, um, for him to come over. And he has found at least a little bit of support Um at this in this new life and he kind of he says it and they're basically asking him to blow all this up with no evidence um and yeah, the, they betrayed. it's this really shitty situation they put him in honestly yeah and, like, and it's not just like it's not just that you know first of all now they're revealing themselves to him and now he's the linchpin of their whole plan it's that he's now going to be putting himself in danger and you know the trust that he's built um you know, is is just he he has to break it with with the person that at this point is the only person that's kind of been in his corner. Feels his like a counselor. Been in, yeah, kind of, you know, like that's that's sort of the role that he's been playing. So um, so anyway, I just I almost wanted what I was hoping because like Silas is pretty quiet in this scene. And I honestly thought that there was a chance he would be like no way go away step off because <laughs> he kind of felt that way right like there's a moment and then suddenly he gets all gooey eyed and he's like all right i'll do it for you iris and it's quite honestly it's like kind of gross because she clearly is still you know um she's stringing him along she's stringing him along and she also knows what her connection with percy is she knows she has no intention of doing anything with silas here and yeah. it's kind of gross. So anyway, at least, I at least she shows him her like nice. It's actually a very nice drawing. She shows it to him yes. after he agrees to help her instead of using it as like a lure also. But yeah, yeah I think this is manipulative and, and not great. And she like they're trying to, you know, they're doing this thing where at the beginning of this show, she was this responsible one on the straight and narrow. And Hope was the one who was crazy doing unpredictable stuff. And they've crisscrossed. Yeah. Great. Cool. I get that as a, as a narrative thing. It makes sense. But I don't think that the maybe the, it's the actor playing Iris. I don't like uh, and, and the, the, the delivery of the dialogue, the, the motives that she has. None of that is lining up for me in terms of like her massive distrust of the CR that seemed to kind of come out of nowhere last season. Yeah. And then the other piece of it is that the the reason why I think that the manipulation really bothers me, and this is probably deliberate, deliberate in terms of the storytelling, is that, you know, she's accusing Huck and others of manipulating her and them uh, of their whole group um, of being duplicitous of lying and whatever. But that's kind of what she's doing here. Um, But for the for the idea that and I mean, I think that's what they're 
sloppily trying to do is that, you know, she's saying that this is for the greater good. Well, that's the same rhetoric that CR uses, right? Uh, you hear other people say it all the time. Right. You hear it multiple times from various characters in the CR. Um, and so I think that that's the parallel that they're trying to draw um, because really one of the only sort of like, I mean, Silas out of all of these is probably, you know, and El Elton too, I guess, but he's one of the most um, in, in terms of what's happened with the group and everything like that, he's like done nothing wrong ever really other yeah. than sacrifice himself. So well, that's, he, he wasn't sure if he was a serial killer for a while. That was a bit of an odd twist. But... Oh yeah. But we, but you know, it's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there, but yes, but... I agree. He's done nothing wrong plot wise. He's kind of just a bystander, like a, yeah. a useful idiot. Uh, in this case, he's definitely playing the useful idiot for, for her scheme. Yeah. And he's going to pay um, the price. Like we haven't seen what happens to him, but at the end of this episode, he gets in, he gets arrested because of yeah, what he does and, for her. Yeah. And like, you know, Dennis, he even tries to go about it without like, you know, without actually stealing or betraying. Like he's a little shifty about it, but he basically just asks to have like permission. And I mean, I, it's interesting to me that they trust him so fully at this point, but maybe that's just between him and Dennis. Um, and even, you know, he's in the warehouse and talking to them. Nobody, none of his crew are around. It's sort of like a little convenient. Um, but I, but <laughs> these, these two episodes uh, each have a bunch of scenes with this little posse of, of uh, schemers, yeah. um, like just hanging out in places that they shouldn't just all be there. Like right. it, gets, it gets way worse in the second episode, but when they're yeah. all in Leo's apartment or they're all in the lab and it's like, they only move in this little huddle, this gaggle of, of schemers. And it's, it, I just feel like it looks so suspicious. And like the well, first example of that is here in the. Oh college. yeah. No, they're in a huge group. They're not being stealthy at all. Um, I will also say that, you know, in these little sort of like, um, meetings that they have or after it's not even like they're able to sort of walk around as if uh, especially those that are in the, the CR compound they all look shady as heck like all of them like even even you know Leo walking around is all agitated and it's clear it's not like people don't notice this kind of thing um, you know so I just thought that that was kind of funny um, but like they're like the least stealthy group of spies ever or like operatives whatever you want to call them um so you know with this episode it's it, there's it's definitely sort of the plan to get into the compound and again it seems very i don't know were you bothered by this whole thing it did seem a little far-fetched and the i plan to get in yeah like it just seemed like they would have found the like it's they've had the cr out looking for them for a long time um and i guess you could make that argument but even just i don't know just getting there with um indira and her group um and then you know their whole plan seems very short-sighted um and it was all like i mean and that was the weird thing it's all riding on silas well it just you know and clearly there's a mole somewhere in this right what are they I'm even trying to do? Are they trying to just get Hope and Leo to leave with them? I guess, but even that's a very hard undertaking given the role that Leo has been playing in the research. So um, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to me that they're going in um, and that they also have, um, 
you know, Percy's whole deal, like, like that he's going to pretend to be Elton and that protect Ivers, but also maybe kill Huck, like totally like it's all like a big liability, right? Like it just feels very strange. Um, though kind of funnily enough, Percy is now smaller than Elton kind of. <laughs> so the jacket actually makes more sense on him. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, I don't know, like, I just think even their plan doesn't seem to be exactly, it doesn't seem to be detailed enough to actually get them out of here at the end. Like they really are going into this trap, so to speak. Um, I don't know. To accomplish just what? basically what they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to just get Hope and Leo to go with them and they almost execute their escape plan. But then at the last minute they decide not to. And I think, that is actually in the next episode is when they make that decision because right. in this episode it's Huck has finally turned Huck, yeah. Huck is doing this, like, you know, she's going into the safe in her mom's office on their behalf uh, and finding paperwork that somehow, I mean, I've looked at this, this sheet of paper a few times and it's like a, a spreadsheet and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. That this proves that the CR took out Omaha, but yeah. this is their smoking gun. This is it. Right. Right. Is it, is it enough, though, to accomplish any of Iris's goals, which are to turn who against the CR? Who's right. left? Who who can actually like, is it just Indira's settlement? That's that's all. I mean, and she doesn't even know how many of them she can count on. In fact, all she really has is Indira, Asha and Asha's brother, whose name I can't remember. And now I don't have to because, well, he's oh, gone. yeah, he's gone. Yep. Spoiler. Um. <laughs> But, but the, yeah, the, no, the, the whole premise here of her like war on the CR is just so thin. It's just like, what do you, you've got nobody. Yeah. The four or five of you are not going to be able to do this. And and the show has not done a, it, any work to persuade me that she can be the catalyst to overthrow the CR, even though that's her, that's her mission. And maybe the show's going to be like, see, kids don't have stupid dreams because stupid things will happen to you. And, and Iris <laughs> well, is going to get killed or something. The other thing I will say is that, you know, in terms of execution with this group of people, again, they just don't, they have no spy craft. They, and even well, at least the Percy basics, can pick locks. Well, yeah, that's great. But, but I'm just talking about generally walking around and like keeping secrets. Like Leo's first instinct is to tell Lila. Yeah. Which mm, I don't know, man, like. Mm. Yeah. She's still on the inside and she's the one who told them about your daughter in the first place. So obviously there's a level of trust there that she had violated and maybe you don't share with her your big plan. Um, and I don't think he even gets to. I think he, he never no, does. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. To, yeah. But that's his instinct yeah. is to bring more people into it. Um, the other thing is, is that knowing that he's really bad at all of this stuff, at least initially, uh, Hope had let him know that she had, this is before Felix and Iris made it onto the base. She let him know she had seen them. I think to stop him from searching for them. But even so, he's not, he's clearly just not good at this. And um, we see multiple examples of this throughout the episode. For a scientist, he really lets his emotions just kind of run wild. Um, and I like, I'm just not quite sure what they're, they're going with here. I mean, I think part of it's to try to show that the adults don't necessarily have some of the best judgment either, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but 
you know, even even him with like Huck talking about different things. There's a lot of like back and forth with Huck about trust and you know, now she believes it. So like, there's a lot, a lot of things like that, like a lot of tension that doesn't fully work. I think that it's like, oh, we'll do things by my rules. Like everybody says this at least one point. She says it, Felix says it, Leo says it. And, and this is very much similar to kind of the, the weird statements that Iris makes, which is like, okay, we're just going to have to do it. We're just going to have to get proof, right? Without, really knowing what they're going for like as you said this weird evidence isn't really I just, what what who who are they going to show it to and what's got what's that going to change like they're inside the cr the cr is all powerful at least in their little world i mean they're even um, not even inside the cr the cr we still don't know where that actually well, is. well right they're right? in this compound i they're in the research center but um you know i do the one part that i did like was that there's i can't remember i think it might have been the the uh, who are you episode um but it is i think it is because that's when you know they're they're sort of thinking about what they're doing but huck basically says to them like yeah you, you guys think you're being so coy um <laughs> you like with your escape plan you have no idea like because she has a full idea of the extent of the power and the you know the reach and but she she also well with her inside knowledge is able to it seems like she's able to circumvent a lot of the stuff that they have i mean they basically have modern day t- security and technology yeah. right they're yeah. like they are they are fully functional society there's none of this like you just have to knock out the the gate guard and sneak out of the, right. the camp sort of stuff that you would see on a different walking dead show here they have to i mean it is it probably is like a lot of fun for the writers room to be like oh now we have like you know, in addition to walkie talkies, which every Walking Dead show has, it now does. we have security cards and right, cameras right. and and access logs and stuff. And so I think that that is a real different vibe from a lot of the other shows, or the other two. But uh, she's she's pretty good at, at getting around this stuff. They have no idea what they're doing. They've never lived. I mean, maybe no. Omaha had some of this stuff too. The the campus colony. Maybe it does feel a little bit familiar, but it doesn't seem like they have any idea what they're doing. No, which is kind of like like why she's driving that stuff. And it seems to be kind of figure, figuring ways around it because she knows it so well. So, you know, even when Felix and she um, are kind of doing their thing, she's like, no, I have to go and do this because I know where it is. <laughs> you know, you stay here and do this. And, you know, that, that makes sense to me. Um, but I guess just with... And and I will say the the who are you does move a lot more quickly because we have all this going on, and we do get confirmation at least that there is um, something to to back up a little bit of what was in the research that they found, which is that basically a um, like either an agent or a virus or something, um, some type of like biological weapon was used in Omaha and maybe the colonies. And then they released walkers to cover it up. Um, again, it doesn't feel like they drew a lot, like it doesn't feel like you'd be able to get to these conclusions because Felix is just walking around this lab. I guess the only thing that really connects it is the V symbol that that's yeah. part of the thing and that they assume that this is what it is, but their, their damn branding for their secret project is, is too obvious. 
But again, you're right. Like, who are they going to tell about this other other than just getting away and running away? Like, what is their end game here? Because there isn't really one. Yeah. So they, um, I mean, they haven't gotten here with their own internal logic. Clearly, I think what they're going to do, though, because you also see in the former episode that Huck's reading a newspaper. I'm like, they have a CR Tribune or something, I think it's called. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. like, and part of the plot there is that the civilians are going to take over leadership from the military. And yeah. so I think there we start to see a little bit more of the meta plot coming to, to the yeah, fore. Probably where this the... is a military power uh, attempt to hold on to power versus a, you know the civilian oversight. So what they will end up doing is d- divulging Project V or whatever it is to the civilian over uh, oversight people who will then. Uh, I don't know, uh, uncoup the the, the the military junta who is leading them. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but that's clearly what the show wants us to think is. is I know that that's where it's going, but I don't know that they have built it in a way that it will make sense. Um, well, there's several episodes to go, but certainly Iris, uh, who's the one on the, you know, most, you know, on this course of vengeance and, oh, I'm going to burn it all to the ground. I have no idea what I'm doing. She doesn't know any of this, so we're going to have to see how she connects those dots and meets someone who is a high up civilian. And maybe it's Mason's dad or something, you know. Uh, well, but also, but also she's like going around sending coded messages, telling telling Elton she's going to burn the place to the ground <laughs> without talking to anybody else about what this plan is. She's just a and- liability. Yeah, she's a big liability. Um, so and then how does um, Brody get a hold of the message? Yeah, it, like, like where did that even one scene later? Indira is talking to Lieutenant Brody or whatever this guy's name is, and he's obviously in trouble. He's been trouble yeah, since he ever yeah, got any trouble. dialogue. He, he wants Indira's role, clearly. So uh, yeah, and, and he's like, Oh, vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. Um, thanks, Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> um but that clearly didn't work out for him because they, you know, um, they allowed Elton or they were going to allow Elton and Will to stay. Yeah, that, um, that, that there was a cut there. And then Indira and Asha and her brother come outside. They're like, yeah, it's cool. You guys can stay. Yeah, I know, to, but you don't even do get something. to see. Like, how did, even... The last thing Brody said was, we're going to have to do a vote of no confidence in Indira's leadership and then cut. And then yep. next thing you know, it's like everything's fine. Like what? I don't. Are you lying, or did we just miss some other? Or like, do they have to schedule that vote because their 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 calendars were all too booked up to do the vote right then and there in the room? I don't feel like they would have to wait. I feel like they would just take take that move. I mean, if Brody's worried about Will and Elton, he would get them arrested, and they wouldn't be able to just walk around with Asha and her brother. Right. And then, you know, Will's big plan. Okay. I'm going to go to the compound now. It's like, right. Do <sighs> we have, do we understand yet that nobody should be going to the compound? And, and also I, they, I think it's we just clear. went to some lengths to make, make it look like you're dead. Like right. that was a whole episode. <laughs> um, And, you know, I also think that even though we, the sort of end of this episode uh, where, um, where we do see Elton, not sorry, Elton, of uh, Will going to the compound with Asha's brother. Um, he he really wants Asha's brother to go away. Um, so I assumed that he was the mole and that he was going to do something shady. But then the soldiers show up similar to how they surrounded Silas. So again, um, it wasn't... I had to kind of been assuming that Will was the one tipping everybody off, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, um, but, you know... 
and and poor poor Asha's brother gone poor, from this world. So poor quickly. nameless Asha's brother who who right. had just his second batch of dialogue for for the whole show, and was saying something thoughtful and meaningful about his dad's gun. He was going to give it I to know. Will, and then he gets shot in the face, well, in the back yep. of the head, from like. 300 feet away in the in dark, the dark. <laughs> and these CR guys are just lighting up people they see standing on top of a hillside 300 feet away and I'm just like that I mean you know you've got perimeter people out here they're your friends what what are you doing right like that seemed a little a little hasty a little hasty but we did also forget to you know the the twist at the end the post credit scene of episode five is that um L- uh, lila belshaw bellflower is in her lab and she's got new test subjects and oh my gosh it's a soldier i, I don't is that the, that's not the guy that no that's not the guy that iris killed that's just some other rando right? i think it was a rando i would have to rewatch it to see because the other the guy she killed was kind of nondescript but he had blue eyes i think uh yeah and he was like very very you know but you know lila and and you know we have we have Leo kind of thrown off the scent because he hears Lila's very sad story. But um, the, the in the scene where she's in the, in her lab, she's like, "I know this is my last chance to get this right, and please tell Colonel Kublik that uh, I'm on it." And then Soldier raises her visor, and it's Jadis, um, Jadis Stokes apparently, and she's like, "Oh, Lieutenant Colonel Kublik's been called away to the CR indefinitely." And now I'm in charge and she moves into her office in the next episode. So I'm also just like, all right, there was a scene between Huck and her mom in this episode, the episode five, where they're kind of like trying to come to terms and like re repatch up their relationship and stuff. There's no mention of Colonel Kublik leaving right. anything. And then suddenly she's off the show in a way. Like, I don't know if she's coming back even. I wonder if that was, I don't know. Like it's just something it's very, it's very abrupt. Uh, and then it's freaking it's freaking Anne slash Jadis um, with a with a much shorter haircut. Uh, and she's like, now I'm a, I'm the boss. Uh, and I thought that was. Well, first of all, I didn't I didn't catch that post credit scene until uh, I was watching the recap for the next episode. And it's like, well, wait, Jadis was in the last episode. How did I miss that? And I had to go back and, and yeah. like, find find that scene. I did the same thing. So you weren't the only one. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was really weird. Um, One of the things I will say that is very successful is Jadis's appearance. Her interactions with Huck are super creepy and veiled. And she does that. She does that weird Jadis thing where she's like, seems like she's joking, but she can also seem threatening and, you just there like you're on your guard with her and Huck uh, yeah. obviously is. And so I do think that those scenes were pretty successful and you could totally believe because she really wants a promotion. Um, she would throw anybody and everybody under the bus for power. Um, not just because she believes in the CR, which she says she does. Um, and we all know the deal she struck to get into the CR. So, um, which was to hand over a A very valuable asset, a very dirty and crazy bearded Mr. Grimes and Um, impaled and shot and beat up. Yeah. He was not in great shape. Uh, I agree though that, uh, well, actually part of me disagrees with the, with this, like her scenes with Huck, where it is to me, there's like, no, there's no actual joking here. It's all threat. Um, and, And even though Huck tries to play it off, like it's a joke, 
Like there's no there's no uh, suspension of of that in my mind that that she's not actually saying, oh, I, I might have to arrest you. And uh, and, you, you know, if, if you call me a bitch again, I'll put you on the floor. And she's saying it to a smile. But to me, it's just all threat. And in, in a way, I kind of wish Pollyanna McIntosh uh, had played it down a little more. It's just too threatening to me. It's like, threatening, I- but it's her thing. And that's just what she does. And I think it's, you know, she's also even says outright that she's all about theater. And this is quite theatrical. So I think it's, you know, over the top for a reason. Um, but um, I also really like um, um, Huck's sort of reactions to it, which are pretty pretty badass and on her feet, like especially when she like is like, oh, my name's not Huck, you know, like that's yeah. that's like a good move. And and finally, we figure out we should mention we we finally figured out what the big bad thing she did was because they tied we, into this whole we, episode. We have an inkling of it, at least. We don't really yeah. know what Dennis did, what call he made where people got hurt. What, yeah, but at least we know the sort yes, of we know why basics. she got in trouble because she covered for him. And he right. was drinking on the job, it sounds like, yeah. too. Uh, but she covered for him and, and deleted the, the evidence and got caught or yeah. tried to delete the or Yeah, didn't quite delete enough evidence, maybe. <laughs> um, what did you think about? So there was it, it, with these Jadis scenes. First of all, she's like, you, you know me well enough to call me by my first name, Jadis. And I'm like, wait, I thought your name was Anne and Jadis was your like weird fake name. And then yeah. in that exposition scene with the whiskey, she like breaks it all down. And to me, this felt a little too like, OK, yeah, um, we really think the trash people was a bad story arc. So we're going to explain it all away now. Yeah, it's terrible. They, it, I, I also agree. I thought it was like a mea culpa for that BS, but I didn't. It's still ridiculous. You had to put them all in the meat shredder for a reason. um and then the whole language thing it was like like give them a language and you know and and make them they'll bond you no they'll just think you're yeah it was dumb let's see what happens and if there's i mean i think you're right they're gonna have to introduce some faction of the civilian something or other for this to work um or to at least wrap up I mean, well, there's I think- the there's the the cloak and dagger stuff that Felix and Huck are doing, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I guess there isn't a whole lot to it beyond what happens on screen, but uh, him getting stuck in the freezer for an extra oh yeah, and twenty minutes whole- was pretty funny. And also like uh, his, you know, not restored faith in Huck, but just the fact that they can fall back into their roles a little bit, even though that there's there's trust that was broken there, but she does come back for them for him and and he feels i think a little better about her at least it feels that way he um, like it's kind of stupid of him to put his faith back in her uh he doesn't have to do that he almost he twists her arm and forces her to help him on this mission um and so i think it actually would have been kind of hilarious if she had just been like screw you uh, you're going you're going to go down for this uh, <laughs> i think that would have been pretty funny uh, there's also that really uh, in a long line of terrible dates between Lila and Leo. Uh, she oh comes gosh. over for dinner and and Iris is just such a teenage stepdaughter in this scene where she's like, you're not my real mom. And you used to te- experiment on animals and you made a choice and you're a bad person. And everybody in the room is just like, yeah, you're being a complete dick right now. Can you leave? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go. And she like actually kind of screws up the plan because Lila yep. then wants to leave and go check on her stuff. Yep. And Iris, like this was her, like, part of this was her idea was to find the evidence and make them pay. She can't even like hold, hold it together long enough to try and find the evidence without screwing up the plan. 
and and causing a scene and like marching out while she gets led out by hope but it's it's kind of ridiculous and that's part of my ongoing issue with with her character in this well yeah and i mean they're trying to to transfer because even and they they what i don't like about it is that it's so over the top and obvious what they're doing and having her and hope kind of switch positions um where hope is kind of like oh well you know maybe we should stay and figure this stuff out because they really are coming up with stuff that might change the world and change all of this for everybody and Iris is like, no, we must burn everything down. And, and uh, Hope has Hope says outright, oh, I thought I, you were supposed to keep me from doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Like the fact that they have to say that out loud, I think is annoying and it, lazy. But it's it's a little yeah, it's a little basic. Um, I also thought that Lila's um, backstory of what happened at the beginning of the Zombocalypse, I think, was really actually very captivating for me. That was um, she, probably the best scene that they have done together. <laughs> yes, it, honestly, you're right. Oh my god, you're totally right. Uh, because she's just describing a zombie apocalypse, which I am interested in. I'm not so interested in their like really boring dinner conversation. Yeah, on uh, previous scenes, but yeah, like that that made me want to watch another Fear the Walking Dead type uh, season one, where it's like at the at you know day one. Yep. Like it was. Uh, and obviously she like did experiments on her zombie daughter and husband and God only knows how she's not insane uh, at this point, based on, based on that, that story alone, yeah, you know, she's yeah, pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, so, but I thought that was, that was interesting. And it also makes it out like she's not evil. And maybe the tattoo on her hand is not actually a CR tattoo. It's a tattoo of her family. I guess she, they, that was like her family's symbol, maybe possibly. I don't know. It's a little hard to it's a little yeah. hard to to see where that's going to go um, because she is still clearly experimenting on people. Um, uh, and yeah, because that last guy's alive. Like yeah. He's not a zombie, right? No. And, you know, she keeps asking for test subjects, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, uh, like it, it's we'll have to see what happens here. But note that she did not confess her more recent crimes to Leo. So I feel like there's more to come on this. Um, what were her more recent crimes? Her experimenting on live people. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. she's, he doesn't know about that yet. So, you know, well, you got to break a few is, eggs and it's been ongoing. So I think we, we have to see where that leads. Um, but, um, but that is for another day. Um, Anything else to add? I guess I'm kind wrap? of interested to see what happens to Silas. We don't get to see anything of him in this episode. Uh, yeah. I, I think he'll be fairly central in the next one based on the, the yeah. look ahead. Um, I, I kind of just want to get this show over with. Part of me, and I, I, I know that I'm, I've am i like turned a corner. I'm biased against it. I'm trying to find moments of light. And I do think there are, there's, they're out there. It's just like, yeah, it's those scenes with Elton. It's that scene with Lila describing what happened to her family but they are just, and I guess some of the whiskey drinking scene with Huck and Jadis was was good. It also just felt a little too uh, heavy handed. Mustache twirly. A little, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but I mean, I think they're also got to set her up as the big bad. So we'll see. Um, I have a, I have a prediction that we may see Kublek show up in this uh, this 
chamber of horrors as a subject maybe no way but there's i don't know i'm just trying to make things fun here um but if anybody else has some somebody has to show up in the chamber of horrors right yeah, a, a yeah. known character we, we haven't yeah. seen anybody we know yet but it has no, to be, it has some, to it'll be. be it'll be will or silas or somebody you know or asha or something yeah. so um but if you have any thoughts about this, gentle listeners, please send us an email, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, reanimatedpcast, or leave us a note on our main page, reanimatedpodcast.com. Uh, yeah, that's all true. And uh, give us a holler. And I think you already mentioned it, H.A., but we are going to be radio silent for a little while around the holidays. Yeah. Yep. But we'll be back. We'll be back, uh, I think, shortly before the new year, around the new year. Around the new year. Around the new year. 2022. Okay. 2022. 2020 deuce. <laughs> uh, all right. So catch you guys on the flip. And uh, thanks for listening. Ciao. It's like the longest sign off we've ever done. And goodbye. <laughs>